0: Corey, thanks for doing the podcast.
1: Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Dan.
0: So, you know, you probably have a lot of people think the best marketing job in a Portland at least. And it's so your title, you're the Senior Vice President of Marketing and also do some of the operations or business development. Is that right? Or-
1: yeah, business operations. I, I'd say I probably have a my titles uh, too long winded for for, <laughs> for what it's worth. Right. Um, but it just kind of touches on a, a few different areas of the business. I mean, the focus is certainly marketing and brand Um we also, my group uh, runs game ops, game presentation, okay. uh, digital, social, um, all all creative services are. Um, we've taken that in house okay. uh, as of the last couple years. So, um, you know, graphic design and strategy and media buying. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a lot of fun. Every day is different. That's what I enjoy about it. But um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great ride so far.
0: Yeah. So I want a lot to talk about about that. But I want to kind of back up and so your path to the timbers and i know we were chatting before this you said your dad was actually in professional sports work so kind of how did you get started i guess not only in marketing but in professional sports and how did you come to be at the timbers
1: sure um so you know when i was growing up probably like a lot of other people you know i played sports it was a really big part of my life big part of um you know i just think familiar familiarly mm-hmm. um you know my sisters played um you know through college and stuff and uh, you know I, I i was fortunate to play baseball in college but you know i knew my career was going to end when it? i i went to a smaller school in boston called tufts university oh yeah, yeah. so um it was a lot of fun to, to play baseball back east it was there were times where it was snowing on the field that wasn't the most enjoyable you can hardly <laughs> feel your yeah, yeah. yeah. You hardly feel your fingers <laughs> Um, but it was a great experience and, you know, Boston's a great city, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I definitely knew that, you know, when graduation day came, came around, um, I wasn't gonna be playing anymore. (laughs) Um, and, you know, obviously wanted to still be a part of sports and be, be associated with it and was fortunate because my father did, you know, work in sports business for a while. So I think when I was younger, you know, I was able to learn a lot through osmosis and just kind of pick up some things and just had the opportunity and access to, um, kind of the business and, and everything associated with that. So, um, you know, when I, when I graduated at that point, um, you know, I didn't have a job. Um, I think the first thing I did was was drive cross-country with a couple friends awesome and then um, yeah not to get too off-tangent but I would definitely advise anyone you know when they're they're thinking about what the next step is after school like just take some time to travel you're gonna work the rest of your life yeah enjoy some of that time Um, and then kind of dug dug down on you know what what's that next step in sports and I wasn't necessarily set on it has to be a specific type of sport it doesn't have to be a team or a league it's like I just kind of want to get in and then um you know probably figure it out a little from there whether that was right or wrong that was my approach at that point when I was uh, just out of school um and fortunately, had an opportunity with Sacramento River Cats. Okay. So it's a AAA affiliate now of the Giants, but when I worked there of the A's. Um, so I started there in 2001 and was there for seven years. Oh, wow. um, and so I started on the ticket sales side. Um, and then there were some, some changes, um, structural changes, trying to build out to kind of a ticket services group. So then I navigated over there and I had, you know, really. Great people above me and around me, and I just learned a lot. And um, you know, when I made mistakes, I didn't get yelled at or fired. <laughs> um, you know, it was about about learning and yeah. and improving. And um, you know, kind of through my through my time in Sacramento, I was able to get more responsibility on the um, ticket services side. And was overseeing kind of our retention efforts. Um, when I left there in two thousand and eight if I'm getting my dates right. Um, overseeing ticket operations, uh, group ticket sales. I had, you know, I, I, I wasn't as closely tied into marketing there. I mean, okay. there, there were a lot of, uh, shared projects and shared responsibilities, but it wasn't like under my specific purview. Um, and, uh, opportunity in Portland came along and it was obviously a slightly different, Situation than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, our owner Merritt had just purchased the team, I think, you know, within you know, four or five months previously. And at that point, it was you know, Portland Beavers of uh, Pacific Coast League. Um, right. So you came when
0: they were still the Beavers, then, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And
1: then Portland Timbers of the USL. And um, you know, when I transitioned in, I was overseeing you know the marketing, overseeing some of the the ticket retention and ticket services areas. Um, and so it was kind of this shared position. Okay. Um, and it just kind of naturally navigated away from that. It just made more sense to have all of the ticket services and retention function under our ticket sales group. Um, and it also gave us an ability to really focus more on the marketing and branding and then um, you know dive into game ops. I mean, at that point when I started, we didn't have... Um, I had a digital right. social media as shocking as it might sound, was kind of just starting out. We had yeah. a myspace page, I think at that point <laughs> um, you're really dating yourself yeah, yeah. i know i don 't feel like i 'm <laughs> yeah. that old, but maybe I am <laughs> um, like uh, when I first started we you know facebook we we didn 't have a facebook page right. twitter didn 't exist yeah, so um you know obviously since then we've we 've built uh, you know a lot of digital and social aspects out, but um yeah it's you know it's obviously been a a wonderful ride and um we've been very fortunate to to have what we have now from a timbers major league soccer standpoint city and fans have been been unbelievable and you know for us it's just about continuing to grow it continuing to build it uh don't sit pat because you know in sports just you you never know what can happen Mm -hmm. and um you know it's about relationships and continuing to build you know loyalty and trust with everyone so um Yeah, that's kind of my winding journey. I would say that, you know, when I first went to college, I wasn't, I mean, I I had an interest certainly in sports and that was a direction that I was, uh, you know, pretty interested in going, but I was also thinking about becoming a marine biologist. Okay. Um, My first bio class didn't go tremendous (laughs) for me, so that answered that question pretty quickly. Um, And so I I navigated uh, definitely into kind of the sports and uh, business field pretty quickly second after that. career marine biologist yeah <laughs> i love to fish and just love to yeah. be outdoors yeah. and be around the water so um that was that was a an interest early on
0: yeah and your your story about getting into sports is you know i've, I've talked to a lot of people in this that work for professional sports teams and it's pretty similar like they start with kind of a minor league team and you know they've been with uh, the role for so long, so I think people just have that passion and they want it, to do it. And um, I'll talk about I want to talk about later just about getting into an organization like this because it is it is hard. I mean, especially in a town like Portland, probably everybody wants to work here. But you know, you've been here as the team has grown and the league has grown a lot, so you've seen this kind of rise. So that's probably been pretty interesting. So from the business, you know, perspective, just as the league has grown across the country. And what, how you've been involved with the league, or what's your thoughts on kind of where it's going? I mean, Portland obviously is known as like a, a soccer town, USA, a yeah. little bit. But. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's really gratifying to see. Um, I mean, I, the the league is definitely on an upward trajectory, and mm-hmm. every time there's league meetings and league, um, you know, related communication back and forth, like all the metrics, you know, support that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think everyone w- would also say that it's not where we. We necessarily want to be, uh, in terms of you know, comparison to to other global leagues, mm-hmm. but that takes time, yeah. and that's not that's not a, a negative thing. That's just a duration thing. I mean, because when you look at you know when the league started, it started in the nineties, yeah. and that's really not that long ago. So where is MLS going to be in ten years? Where it's going to be in twenty five years? Mm-hmm. Um, all the metrics really support support continued growth and that's pretty exciting to see i mean you you not you know it's not just about you know ticket sales and you know sponsorship revenue and all the you know fan development initiatives Mm -hmm. it's also you know the growth of just the teams in the league from a you know expansion standpoint uh soccer specific stadiums obviously there's there's more of those coming on board Mm -hmm. um and a bunch of them that have already come on board as of as of this year um in um, both venues and uh, new franchises, um, and that to me, those are pretty strong metrics that say, hey, the league is heading in the right direction. And you know, uh, it's not really my position to, to comment on the play on the field, but um, I think everyone can agree that you know, just the competitive nature of the league and and the level of play has certainly uh, in- improved and increased. You know, even in the fairly short amount of time that right. we've been a part of the league, so all of those things are. Um, know we're we're certainly really excited about it and i think it sends a a, sets a wonderful foundation for growth Mm uh moving forward both in the short term and the long term yeah and you talk about expansion obviously
0: you guys have been in the news a lot at the stadium you're so that's going to happen right you're going to expand the stadium add some seats or
1: uh yeah i mean it 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 looks uh you know everything that that i've seen and obviously been privy to that yeah yeah, that's certainly our, our plan and um you know we're excited about that and you know, working with the city, mm-hmm. um, you know, as part of that project. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I mean, we're we're obviously been very fortunate to sell out every single regular season game in, in team history from a Timber standpoint, yeah. and uh, you know, Thorns do tremendous as well. They're averaging seventeen thousand, wow. but there is a lot of a lot of demand and a lot of people that aren't able to necessarily get to games because they can't get tickets or they can't get the tickets that they want in the specific area that they want so this helps um, address that and makes it uh, feel even more inclusive in terms of you know allowing people the opportunity to engage with the brand and the team so uh, we're certainly excited about that yeah and
0: i mean what's your your waiting list is like 10,000 Yeah, more. it's over that. It's about 13,000 right now,
1: which is I mean it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really a testament to the community in the city yeah. and, and the region in terms of their support of the brand and the sport.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you just kick your feet up then. I guess you got all the tickets sold and uh, Yeah, people say how are you sleeping right <laughs> yeah. now? And I say
1: I'm sleeping pretty good despite the fact of uh, you know I have a 2-year-old. Um yeah. Yeah. but no, it's it's you know I say that in jest. I, I mean for us, you know, we we probably have the luxury to maybe not Focus as much on some of the tactical stuff from a game by game standpoint, um, and look at it from maybe a longer term view. But there's still a lot of really key initiatives that we need to continue to push on. And you know, the the time that you think that you have it all figured out is is the time that um, you know issues crop up, and uh, that's just that's not that's not our approach. that's not our, our attitude. Yeah. If people um, you know, think that way, they're kind of setting themselves up for failure. So for us, it's always trying to be on the front foot and innovate and try and do new things and uh, continue to expand the scope of, of the club.
0: Yeah. And on that note, I mean, a lot of folks that will be listening to this are like yourself. They're marketing executives and brand people. And so I want to talk about how you guys kind of work with brands. You know, we were just chatting before, some of the Alaska Airlines, Adidas, actually, you know, are founding kind of partners for you, but great local companies. I'm drinking a Dutch Brothers Coffee, you know, shout out to my company, Grants Pass. But how, you know, how has that evolved? And I know you guys want to keep it pretty limited, but I'm looking, we're overlooking the stadium right now and see some of the sponsors from great local companies, including wineries and, you know, Windmare. So are you guys have a lot of demand for that still or where are you guys at with that
1: yeah i mean that i'm sure our our you know head of sponsorship and, and that group would be able to answer it a little <laughs> better than i would but um yeah i mean our philosophy has always been to try and align with with the right brands mm-hmm. um and you know you obviously alluded to a number of them but you know you look at you know, a, a strong brand like Alaska and some of the things that we've been able to do there and, you know, both the sponsorship group and their, you know, Alaska's marketing group have put together some cool things. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things I hear the most, and it's a, you know, a fairly simple idea, but it's been, you know, incredibly impactful is the ability for people to, you know, board early if they wear, you know, a, a Timbers kit, That's awesome. obviously, because Alaska's yeah. You know our jersey partner, um, but that even extends like if I'm wearing a hat or a t-shirt, um, and it's just it, it creates such a a great kind of dual affinity for mm-hmm. both brands, and um, like those type of activations are great. Um, and you know what the the more type of things we can do with that, and then off, obviously align ourselves um, with kind of like minded companies, mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. You know, the Alaskas of the world, Adidas, Widmer, uh, Dutch Bros, Um, you know, we want to continue to grow it. But I I would say that, you know, our group um, from a sponsorship uh, and partnership marketing standpoint, it's more of a a less is more philosophy and really try and and do things a little differently and base it on kind of innovation and uniqueness as opposed to, okay hey, we're going to just do the standard deal of, you know signage and right you know led etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's shifting a lot and you know one th-
1: one thing i want to talk about too
0: is you know this kind of rise of esports and i read something you're quoted recently about uh, esports and mls and i know your peer at the blazers uh duane their cmo they're kind of bringing on a esports team or i'm not sure yeah, so, the le-
1: the nba is forming a league
0: yeah so where. are you know, I, I I think your quote. I don't want to take you out of context. Said you're you're looking at it, not quite ready yet. But what's your thoughts on esports in general, and just timbers and MLS? Yeah, and like, no,
1: we're we're very bullish on on what it could be, um, and we've done a lot of work, uh, kind of in in preparation to continue to build it out. Um, I think our initial focus right now is to um, more or less sign individual players and or influencers okay. um and work with them to continue to build the brand in an appropriate way mm-hmm. um you know mm-hmm. this, you look at the reach that some of these individual have and um kind of their their approach and again this all needs to you know just like a sponsor or just like a player you want to make sure that you're like-minded in terms of your approach to mm-hmm. things um, but the scope of, of their, you know, these esports influencers or players is, is really significant. I mean, s- just look at some of their social media numbers, mm-hmm. you know, a million plus followers on YouTube or 500,000 so followers anybody th- yet. Or no? We haven't. Okay. Uh, we're, uh, I just say we're working through some things. Okay. Um, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to, um, announce something later okay. this year. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> with that caveat, but um, I just think there's a lot of potential for the space to just continue to kind of grow the brand and introduce it to uh, new audiences and yeah. new, and new people. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you look at, at some of, of of these people, like um, you know, they, they have bigger followings than some like real sports teams across multiple leagues. Crazy. So yeah, um, you know, and that's that's one area of esports, but that's one that we think um, could be pretty impactful. Yeah,
0: I mean, that whole area is just so interesting to me. Um, um, I'm, it was awesome to see the, uh, the NBA doing something. It's great to hear you guys are looking at it mm-hmm. and investing in it. So we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. And, you know, like I said, we have both kids around the same age, yeah. and maybe in 15 years we'll be making a million dollars playing video games. Yeah. Who knows? yeah,
1: everyone says, like, hey, are they, um, you know, got, got to start saving for college now. But, uh, yeah, well, if, they, if they can... Uh, um, you know, bring in the income. I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> right, I'm not yeah. gonna turn a blind eye to that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, well, one of the things I always love to ask when we do this is, you know, just about Portland in general. said you've lived here ten years. Same about me. And we've seen it change a lot. And we were chatting before this too about cities like San Francisco and how like how do people live there It's so <laughs> crazy. And so, you know, what's your thoughts in Portland, the growth, and more specifically the the kind of business climate because we have these companies. You know, startups, but a lot of big companies opening kind of outposts here. Mm -hmm. So don't have their strategic leadership here, but still uh, these kind of like, you know, mini satellite offices. So, you know, what's kind
1: of your thoughts on that? Good, bad, or? I mean, I I, I see it definitely as a positive. I mean, for us, specifically through a lens of the timbers and the thorns, um, you know, it's continuing to. You know, I've said it before. You know, grow the brand and continue mm-hmm. to engage both, you know, our core, but also introduce it to new people. And just the scope of how many new people are coming to Portland, like that—that's tremendous yeah. for for us. So, um, yeah, I know there's more traffic and some of those uh, life issues that yeah. people probably complain about. But at the end of the day, um, you know, Portland and this community and livability is still you know, super high and it's yeah. a great community to be a part of. Um, so I kind of at the most general level, I would say, yes, it's a good thing. Um, we want con- to, it gives us an ability to, you know, when we talk about, you know, supporter development and fan development and just introducing the brand to new people, like it, instead of us having to go out and find all of these um, kind of newer individuals, like they're, they're they're coming here yeah
0: um and you
1: know when i talk to different people you know just through kind of all of their different professions like there's so many just kind of hearing their experiences like hey we're having you know there's so many new people coming in from out of the market like um that that's tremendous opportunity for us both from kind of an individual fan perspective but also like you know larger scale kind of business relationships as well
0: yeah that's great and um so the last thing i want to kind of touch on is um you know, your company, or your brand is one that folks coming out of college is probably one they really want to be part of. And, you know, it's a small organization. Uh, I don't know how many folks you have kind of working staff here, but what's your kind of advice to, you know, people coming out of college, they want to work for a sports team or even like Adidas or,
1: or some, uh, you know, how, how do they get into it? How do they get their foot in the door? Yeah. Or, yeah, it's hard. And there's not, you know, a magic wand of if you do this, it's going to happen. Yeah um i i would say it, it like other industries it's about relationships um and even above and beyond that being consistent with your follow up um be persistent but not annoying is <laughs> professionally <kind> of, persistent <laughs> yeah, I like i
0: say <laughs> is
1: you know what what i've used in the past but um you know i was very fortunate when i started out that you know there were some really good people that helped open open doors um But I also needed to push and, you know, you're, let's say you talk to 100 people, um, you know, maybe there's less than 10 job opportunities that even come from that. And then of those job opportunities, maybe you, you know, move past the first or second round in like one or two. So. Mm It's a numbers game, mm-hmm. and the more relationships that you can develop, um, the more people you can interact with. And don't be shy about just reaching out to people from a kind of a cold call perspective. Yeah. I mean, again, when I was starting out, LinkedIn didn't exist, and that's an unbelievable tool um, to just reach out and kind of develop that rapport. And there's a lot of people that even if you know you reached out to them and just say, "Hey, I just want to learn a little more about the organization or what you do." Um, a lot of people were be be responsive and yeah. set aside the time, um, and the worst the, the the alternative is, you know, you don't hear from them or they say no, mm-hmm. you know, and then you move on to the next person. So, uh, you know, network relationships, um, and you know, just try and and have as many of those as you can, and then I think what what I see what normally falls off is maybe you have one, maybe two. And then you you never kind of hear from that person. Stay in contact because you never know what's going to happen in terms of those organizations. So, you know, while I I think it's unlikely, I mean, there could be a staff person that walks into my office tomorrow that says, hey, I'm leaving for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then, I you know, I immediately need to rehire for that. And the people... My my initial thought is going to my network and or the people that I've talked to recently, um, and yeah, we'll 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 post it and do all of the mm-hmm. kind of technical and traditional um, job hiring practices. But if I have an existing relationship either with that person or through someone that I trust, yeah. that is obviously going to you know th- those candidates are are going to kind of come to the forefront. So. Um, you know i wish i could say it was more uh hey do a b and c and you'll be there but um
0: you know it's, it's ch-
1: persistent yeah. and yeah. and 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 being and developing the relationships and it's changed a lot like how
0: kind of you get a job now and you know a lot of people flip the script maybe they'll become an influencer mm-hmm. right and you'll go mm-hmm. after them and so it's uh this kind of this one of the podcasts we did was really about this project based economy that's starting now okay. so
1: the one other thing I would add is be different um, and put yourself in the shoes of someone that might be hiring. So, and I use this example, you know, you, know, you see resumes all the time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you, your resume should be completely different and unique and set yourself apart. You know, I want to see how how you think uh, mm-hmm. and how you think differently. And you know, it's not just the status quo. And we had. An individual, this person ended up getting the job. Um, He sent his resume on a log slab that was like literally (laughs) etched and he sent it to a few different people. And, you know, that definitely got got our attention. And um, he ended up getting a job in in ticket sales and was, you know, a really strong performer um, for a while. And he has since left, but um, that's happened once in 10 years. And I could probably count on, you know, one hand, how many times there's been kind of a really unique presentation of the candidate. There's nothing stopping people from doing that. Yeah. I mean, use, be as imaginative as possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I, those people will set themselves apart very quickly. I love that idea. The lock slab. steal that.
0: <laughs> well, Corey, thanks so much for doing this. It was great uh, chatting with you and uh, appreciate
1: it. Yeah. Thanks for having me.